0: back folks to the gaming with sidekicks podcast this is episode 13 where we'll be talking about some of our favorite games we got a chance to play very recently in the past but before we go into all that i want to introduce who's on the show today first off this is isaac along with my illustrious co-host stewart how's it going today sir
1: hey going pretty well just trying to stay healthy
0: indeed <laughs> D- t- that's a, it's a tough thing to do in these fun swingy winter months but uh yeah we, we are joining you uh, from our respective states of Ohio and Texas, but not that long ago, uh, we were together hanging out here in the great state of Ohio for the first of hopefully what will be many GINCONs, J-I-N-C-O-N, uh, named after our friend Jin, who uh, kind of helped us get this going as a, hey, we're all friends. We don't really live in the same area. We talk a lot on Facebook. How can we get together and play games for a full weekend? And we're going to talk about some of the games we played, uh, what was new to us, maybe what we got a chance to teach, and, and what we thought of those games. And then we're at the second half of the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about what that little mini convention looked like. And how, maybe some tips for yourself on you could do something similar in your own hometown. Before we jump right into that, Stuart, uh, I know you got to play some new to you games uh, when you were here in uh, the Northwest Ohio region uh, just overall impression before we get into the the games did you did you feel like this was a weekend well spent of gaming?
1: oh absolutely <laughs> it's probably the most games I've ever played in a two-day span or a like a 56 hour span ever so I was I was quite happy with the experience
0: yeah we got we had some great games in together and and the numbers speak for themselves everybody was everybody had their board game stats app out and yeah (laughs) track tracking games tracking wins losses plays and uh it was fun to do so that'll be a segment uh, maybe for a future podcast we'll talk a little bit about a little bit about board game stats and and how you can kind of game your gaming experience as well but we're gonna jump right into some of these games we got a chance to play now there were uh for me personally uh, 14 games I played over the the weekend um, some of them were very long, most of them were pretty long but the shortest one that I played that I really enjoyed, um, that was new to me would be Dice Throne from Roxley Games uh, I got a chance to play that with, uh, with my son Ethan, uh, with Tony and uh, also with Stuart, and we sat down And played the Season 2 team packs that uh, Roxley sent our way to take a look at and give a uh, review to. So, uh, the one I want to talk about for me personally is the Season 2 Battle 2, and that's the Tactician and the Huntress. And for those of you that haven't had a chance to play Dice Throne, um, Season 1 was a kind of complete box in and of itself, and Season 2 is a. Uh, really, it's a uh, breakdown of individual two-player teams, and you can smash those together. It is a card-driven dice-rolling game uh, where the art of rolling the right dice but also playing the right cards at the right time come into play. It's competitive head-to-head battles. I've only played this as a two-player game, uh, but it does have the options to be up to six players, kind of battle free-for-all as well. Uh, my favorite part of this game is, is the dice. I love you on chuck the dice, roll them, and match up stuff on your player board. Each player board is completely different, but it's easy to kind of follow and understand, and I can see where the depth of the competitive aspect of this game comes in, because you definitely need to get a feel for your character, what they can do, what they can't do, and know when you should use certain uh, abilities. So this... Uh, this this game has great custom dice, amazing art, great components, and a replayability that I can see being a consistent. I definitely want to grab some more team packs. I'm probably going to go back and see if I can get a hold of season one, which I believe is still something uh, still something sitting on some store shelves. So um, that's that's my take on that. I know Stuart, you had a chance to play this. What what'd you think of uh, Dice Throne?
1: Yeah, it was great. I actually played uh, about the Battle 4 Team Pack. Uh, that has a seraph and the vampire lord or lord vampire uh, and yeah yeah it was great i think the components are really well done the, the one-on-one within that uh, box set uh, is balanced really well and for me um it its theme is just so great um the individual theme for each character i think is so well done and it makes it really, really interesting. You really feel like you are that character, and the abilities that it have, that each character has, is very believable within the theme. Uh, so you don't think like you don't feel like they you really had to put this thing here just to make it balance against something else. You know, all the abilities are really, really thematic, and so I thought that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's it's absolutely very thematic, and and I liked how they matched up, and I can see where each of these characters has its own plus and minuses and and the other thing too in the matches I played and I think you kind of said the same, um it's it's very down to the wire. Um especially if you like even the matches where I felt like oh somebody got a big hit in like the other players able to come back and even it out and nothing felt like a blowout with this game.
1: Yeah. I mean you really just have to draw the wrong cards and roll all the wrong dice <laughs> faces uh to to have a blowout. I mean I played three games and the game against you was real tight. One of the games against my wife just, you know, a half an hour ago, I was at 10, she was at 11. I won out the last turn. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I think that it's well balanced. And if you're rolling about equally, then, you yeah, know, you should have a, a down-to-the-wire match.
0: Exactly. Awesome. Uh, what do you got, sir? What What is uh, a game that you enjoyed playing?
1: Uh, well, I enjoyed playing just about everything. I, I played 11 different games and 10 were new to me. Uh, at the at Gen Con and that was kind of my goal um, This many of you if you know me I, I'm kind of a uh, new to this gaming the board gaming thing and I'm kind of developing my own taste and, and discovering myself and what I like and so the goal was for me just to play a bunch of new stuff um, more on the medium to heavy range to kind of you know point me in the right direction for the future and what I should pick up uh, so one of my goals, though, was to play some other people's favorite games to see if they fit for me. So, uh, one of the goals was, and was accomplished twice actually, was to play Orleans, which is Isaac's favorite game, one of his favorite games, and he has the there. deluxe edition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, so playing Orleans was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I thought it was thematic as well. It had, you know, the bag management with the the uh, little shits. Uh, was really interesting it just had some really interesting mechanics you could go a lot of different directions with it which is something i discovered that i like in games i i'm a fan of kind of the i guess they call it the sandbox where everyone just jumps in and you can do whatever you want basically and not that you can do whatever you want in this game uh but you can take different routes um in terms of uh getting doing the different mechanics whether you want to go on the scriptorum you know the library area if you want to get the water guys if you want to get farmers if you want to get more of the uh the little guys that allow you to travel further on so there's a lot of different things you can do and depending on what order you do them you may get different uh abilities or rewards faster than other people so i'm probably doing a very bad or an injustice in explaining it (laughs) uh but it was a lot of fun and of course you know the people you play it with make a big difference and uh so it was it was a great experience for me to play with that with some of the people that you know I really enjoy and don't get to see a lot.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely way up there for me. It's it, I love the bag management, I love uh just the multiple layers of what's going on the board and and the deluxified is 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 probably the uh, the biggest draw initially for me when I did pick it up. Uh was looking for that that grail copy for me. So it's, it's a beautiful game. It's, it's one if you have not had a chance to play, I highly recommend, uh, getting a chance to sit down and, and give it a whirl. So yeah, it, good, yeah. good it's, choice it's, as well.
1: It's one of those games where you may not have like direct interaction with other players, but you really have to pay attention to what other people are doing to make sure that you're not falling behind on one of the specific tracks or that if someone's gonna do something and accomplish something before you, which makes it uh, not worth you even trying, you need to switch gears. And so I like games like that where there's not really you know getcha or gotcha kind of mechanics, but you really have to pay attention to what your your opponents are doing. You can't just blindly play the game.
0: Right, yeah, it's not it's not a um, multiplayer solo game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, another game that that I got a chance to play that was new to me and sitting on my review shelf copy so I was glad we sat down and played it. Um, our last game, uh, a few hours before we were getting ready to take Stewart over to the airport we had a few people that were kind of hanging out for the after party. <laughs> Most people had checked out and called it <laughs> the weekend uh, but we had nine people over at my house that uh, said well let's let's maybe get in a couple more games and I brought up a couple of small games and I just thought well ah, this one's team based and I think we could get this in, and Brian and his wife were able to teach it, and I'm so glad we had a chance to play it. This is going to be my new go-to party game, and this is Decrypto, um, the party dis, um, party game from Yellow Games. Uh, it plays, it says up to eight people, but really it's a team-based game, kind of like code names. You can play as many people as you get around the table. Uh, it says it plays in 30 minutes. I think we went a little bit longer uh, on our end, but... Um, we didn't use the timer. <laughs> <laughs> we did not. Um, Decrypto De communicate safely is the, uh, the motto for it. And, and basically, for those that have not had a chance to play this, this takes the experience of code names and kind of kicks it up to the next level. And basically, you're encrypting a series of words that you must transmit to your teammates without letting the opposing teammate intercept them. And so you're given a a set of words where everyone on your team knows them. Uh, On the box, they use the words black, dragonfly, cocktail, and sombrero. And you're given a sequence. Maybe you're going to say black, and then cocktail, and then sombrero. And the goal is to give clues that your team would recognize, but that the other team can't start to put together all the different clues. So if you start saying color, and you say paint... And you say the opposite of white. And people are going to kind of figure out what black is. So a clue towards black is going to clue in that other team. So it, it's, a, uh, it's a depth game. As the levels, I'm sorry, as the rounds continued, you realized how much deeper and detailed you needed to go with these clues. So uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a blast. And again, like almost all party games, the people you play them with matter. Um, you, play, you play a party game with a bunch of people that aren't interested or maybe aren't you know fun and, and interested in being boisterous and loud and and silly, then party games may not be your best choice, but uh, for me personally and for the group we love to play with, um, I, I enjoy a good game where everybody can kind of let loose and, and have fun, and this game allowed that to happen. It is going, like I said, next to my shelf with code names with telestrations with some wagers, spyfall, it's going to get right in that rotation of multiplayer party game where everybody can just have a good time
1: yeah i i enjoyed it a ton as well and and, you know it's it's fun when you can bring a group together and and just have some fun and you know it's a game that teaches really quickly and as long as someone explains it kind of the offset or at the beginning then you discover how the game works as you play and you start to put things together and by the end of it you're like oh man i want to play it again i want to try it this way
0: absolutely what do you got from your answer uh
1: so uh one that's been sitting on my shelf that i have wanted to play for a long time uh is clank in space and there's a lot of different versions and i'm a big space guy i love the theme of space and time travel and whatnot not that this has time travel uh so i picked up the clank in space one um my wife and i are big fans of dominion that's probably the second game i think we ever played and owned uh and we love legendary as well and so we wanted to try this and it's basically a deck builder in the same light as legendary uh but it has a board that you're going to have a character and it's going to travel around a spaceship uh and you're going to try to not make a, a bunch of noise or clanks and to alert the big bad guy Uh, to your presence and you're going to try to get in and out as quickly as you can and steal a bunch of stuff basically Uh, and there's a lot of things that are stopping you and you've got to you've got to you know pair up abilities and get kind of power-ups and be able to move around other areas of the ship that you can't without keys Uh, you're going to get attacked you're going to lose health and there is a chance that you do not escape and you may die Uh, so it's one of those games where I don't have a lot of games or play a lot of games that You can be eliminated from. So that's a unique mechanic that I honestly have not played a lot of games of. Uh, Usually everyone's in it till the end. Uh, So I I was really close. Uh, The person teaching it, Arthur, did really well (laughs) and uh, was able to escape quickly. Uh, I was one turn away from escaping. I was really, really close from escaping. Uh, But it was a lot of fun. I love deck builders. And so this is definitely one that I want to try to get out with my wife uh, and play and with some of my other friends and also enjoy those games.
0: Well, and you and I, like, we, we definitely had a, a different... Um, we both took two very different routes towards victory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but we did them in a way that you know you have to with deck building. I went to call my deck as much as I possibly could. I think I ended up, of the 12 starter cards, I think I got rid of seven of them. By the time yeah, I was yeah. done, which is huge, you didn't care. You just wanted to draw your entire ha- deck every turn. Yeah, uh, I like <laughs> just drawing stuff. Well, you you went
1: for a lot of cards that allowed you to move more uh, and get more oh, yeah. motion through the through the ship. I went for a lot of cards that gave me more money to spend to buy more powerful cards and buy me cards that gave me extra cards and extra actions. Uh, so it was it was really close up into the end, and I uh, definitely would. You know, like to explore that route. Maybe buy a couple more cards that let me move right. <laughs> a little well, faster and it's, through the ship.
0: <laughs> and it's a ba- and it's a balanced game like that, with the ability yeah. to kind of take a couple of different routes. And and I'm always cautious, and, and I never know how deep into the ship I'm gonna go to grab an artifact until I see where everybody else is. And I kind of got down there quick and looking around, and we were playing with uh, the friends of Anna and Tyler, and Anna was just cruising through the ship and I'm like gosh I'm like I gotta I gotta grab something quick and I had a turn where I was able to go deeper into the ship than I thought I'd be able to and I was like all right well I'm just gonna run for that 25 and and make make the move and um her and I started racing out at the same time and honestly at that point i Probably as a teaching game, I probably didn't need to, but I did sit just shy of the space pot to, to um, <laughs> try and draw the deck and get Lord Erraticus out a little bit sooner. But um, it was fun. It was definitely a lot closer than um, you know than than Stuart says to one turn off. I mean, he you were you were one bad card draw basically away Yeah, I was at, right I was, was at you. the door. Yeah, I was at the <laughs> door, and and
1: I was able to keep all of my. Um, my little tokens like basically out of the erraticus bag for a long time. I mean everyone else yeah. had three, four, five, six damage and I only had two for the longest time. And yeah, then the, all the of a sudden I like quad drew. Yeah, at the <laughs> and, at the
0: end it started coming in hard. It was, yeah. it, was it definitely started getting vicious.
1: <laughs> I mean what was it? I had like Three tokens to heal myself, and I was like, ah, just in case something really bad happens, I'm thinking oh, yeah. to heal myself yeah. this turn. And then I'm four of them came out the next one more damage. Yeah.
0: yeah, you got you. Uh, you definitely use it at the right time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's definitely one like you said that I I enjoy it. It's when we get out every now and then. The regular clank is great too. I like the space theme. Kind of like Stuart said, I like the um the fun little nod of you know oh this is kind of a cool um send up of of this trope whether it's you know oh it's some star trek or star wars or whatever references it's kind of fun to read Mm -hmm. through and and play with those um the one of the games that i really wanted a chance to get to play because it was on my do i back this or not on kickstarter is yokohama yokohama is a game from tasty minstrel games and as Stuart mentioned earlier with orleans i'm a huge fan of everything that tasty minstrel puts together especially the deluxified games Uh, crusaders thy will be done game which was just beautiful components pieces gameplay love that game and when i saw that Yokohama was coming back to kickstarter as a deluxe version because they're pairing it up with the um duel game the yokohama duel i thought oh man i gotta play this so i reached out to brian and i said brian what do you think could you bring it and um, we got that to the table i think saturday evening and i loved it and i loved the gameplay i loved the movement of the game it is a big visually like Oh my god. It's gosh, visually man. exhausting. <laughs> there's a lot going on on this board. And, and we played a lot of games that had a lot going on, on this board. Mm-hmm. Everything from Dinosaur Island uh, to Vindication to Yokohama to I mean every there almost every game was like, "Whoa, what's going on on this table?" Like there's a lot of things here. And Yokohama was no exception. Once we start to get the rhythm of it and kind of seeing where it was going, I really liked it. It's a game I could definitely see my wife and I get into the table. It's one I'm gonna have to take the time to teach her on a day when she's ready to learn it because if she's not ready, it could be a little bit of an overwhelming game. So Yokohama is one that I thoroughly enjoyed playing. I backed that, uh, actually kicked that forward today. So that's uh, one I'm looking forward to getting in the next year or so here.
1: Nice, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was fun, you know, placing your different, you know, uh, meeples across the board. And the more you had on certain tiles, the, the bigger the power. And I thought that was an interesting mechanic. And again, you can just do your own thing, but if you're not paying attention to what the other people are doing, disaster can happen quickly. Oh yeah.
0: Most definitely. (laughs) Well,
1: and I thought it was interesting too. There were lots of different ways that could trigger the end game. And so you really had to be careful, um, as to what different things you were doing because you could accidentally trigger the end game. I mean, we did, we almost accidentally triggered it. We didn't know it said, hey, what happens if this happens? like, oh, the game's over. I'm like, oh, uh, don't do that.
0: (laughs) Oh, wait, we're not ready for that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, yes, it's visually appealing. And, you know, I made the comment that it was visually exhausting. Um, The reason I say that is because for me there was no blank space on the board there was no where for your eyes kind of to rest almost and you know living with somebody my wife has you know bad anxiety and so I, i know for her this is probably a game i can never play with her uh just because she will get overwhelmed and overstimulated so definitely something considering what you mentioned too you know finding the right time and place to teach your wife uh to teach susan definitely important
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah so well um, we've alluded to it and so I'd like to talk about it now um, but the next thing I want to talk about is vindication. Uh, this is something that is they're doing a part two basically on Kickstarter right now where you can get the uh, the original, uh, Vindication. It's got to be on the retail, but they're doing a, a reboot of the Kickstarter to get the what they're calling the swanky edition <laughs> That has the upgraded components and it also has an expansion with it And it's going to have some uh, fan created cards as well a fan created pack. I think they're calling it uh, So this is something I wanted to play uh, One of the, the gaming sidekicks guys JT had his copy that he kickstarted and brought it uh, I was lucky enough. I think right when we finished Yokohama, I jumped right in before this started to play with them uh, I really enjoyed this um, for a lot of different reasons one it's definitely a sandbox game. Uh, we all start a different place on the board the board is hidden basically there's just a couple tiles that are that are turned up that you know what they do and you have to explore the whole board to reveal the rest of the game tiles. Uh, and every single tile allows you to do a different ability or action, and you need to be able to do nearly all of these. So where they are on the board, it makes a big difference because you're limited in how fast you can travel around the board. Everybody has secret objectives. Uh, and the gameplay is really, really interesting because on your turn, you can activate your character. You can gain more characters. Um, you have to basically, uh, You have to power up your character to get more abilities, to be able to move faster, to get more victory points. Uh, And like we talked about in the previous game with Yokohama, there's end-game triggers. I think you start two or three, Um, and as you get further across the board, as people get further through and gain more victory points, I think like every 30 or so victory points, a new end-game condition is triggered from a deck of like 15 or 20 end-game conditions. So the game is ever evolving and the conditions in which you're playing are changing all the time. Uh, so I thought that was, you know, the moving target was really fascinating to me, uh, from that standpoint. Uh, you know, you're, there's a lot of different mechanics that, you know, that you're trying to take over, uh, areas of the board. You're trying to upgrade your character. Uh, you're trying to uh, get the most, um, abilities and traits of the six different abilities and traits on the board, because at the end, whoever kind of has the most of each of the six traits uh, will get more victory points at the end. And so there's a ton of different paths to victory. And depending on what you kind of start with, your unique character ability and whoever you, you're companion is, can kind of direct you in a different direction than you may want to go. And then how the board evolves uh, and how it's it's shown to you can push you in a different direction. So I just thought that all of those different ways to play the game were really really fascinating.
0: Yeah, it's one I'd I'd really like to uh, get a chance to play. I I made an effort at PAX, and it was way too late at night, and not one I was <laughs> I was uh, I was able to process uh, in a very loud crowded space that we were in. So uh, yeah, but... there's a lot
1: a lot to take in, but the one of the other things was is that the components were really, really great quality. I mean, really thick cardboard. There's metal tokens, um, and so for me, like that just screams greatness to me <laughs> when, when all the components are of the, that highest quality.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. That that makes makes all the difference uh, to be able to get that to, to be able to get that spot. Yeah. So, uh, so that's Vindication by
1: Orange Nebula Games, and uh, that's still on Kickstarter right now. So, if you're interested, you can still back that uh, at the on the Kickstarter to get the original swanky version and the uh, the uh, expansion pack. And I think it comes in just under a hundred.
0: You, uh, I believe, you went and made sure you backed that, didn't you? I did. I did on the car <laughs> ride home that night at
1: two thirty or three o'clock, whenever that was. <laughs> Not in the afternoon. <laughs> no, no, it was
0: it was definitely in the, in the nighttime. Um, but yeah, we like you said, we had some we had some fun games, and and that was another one that I think everybody at the table seemed to enjoy, and um, didn't hear any complaints out of that. Um, a- another one I did get a chance to uh, play and get to the table that was a a smaller um, game, but I was able to introduce it to my friend Gene as Tag City, and I think we talked about this in our. 2018 review of Favorite Games. Tag City is a, a great little um, roll and right game uh, that Randy, one of our other teammates on the uh, uh, Game of Sidekicks team here, was able to secure from uh, a friend going to Essen this last year. But Tag City is a, a pretty straightforward roll-and-write where you have different, uh, different shaped kind of Tetris-like pieces uh, that you're able to Capture with a dice roll, and then put those on your board as you try and mark out rows, columns, and different shapes and shade them in. In a weekend of some very heavy games that we played a lot, it was a nice kind of way to cruise into the end of the evening for me. Uh, it was one of the last games I played Saturday, uh, right before we played Dinosaur Island, which you know was a great heavy game to finish with, I guess, <laughs> but <laughs> um, uh, not heavy, but very uh, busy game to to finish with, but. Tag City is uh is a great roll and write, one I hope that we'll get to see here in the US at some point. And uh a, a easy on the eyes and brain type of uh cleansing palette game. Um uh, Stuart, you didn't have a chance to play that one though, did you? I did not, no. Yeah. Yeah. I I like it. It's it's one that I would definitely consider getting. Uh but like a lot of roll and writes, I'm not gonna play it a hundred times. Like it, it starts to get to where you're like, All right, yeah. All right, move on. Next game, but, Unless but it's clever. yeah, but you need those like you okay. need those games in your in your collection. You need some that like okay, we just need to do something quick and simple and easy. And oh let, yeah, let's play that. Oh yeah. Uh, like like what Skull else did Island you, you Skull like? Pirate Skull Island. Game. Yeah, that's a, yeah. a another one. Skull King. Skull King. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, so what else did you play that you really enjoyed? Yeah.
1: I'm late to the boat on this one because I hadn't, but you know, I'm late to the gaming boat in general. Uh, But I really, really enjoy playing Viticulture. Uh, I think that was yours or JT's edition. Yeah, that was mine. Yeah, it's the Essential Edition. He hadn't played Uh, yet
0: either. That was his first time as well.
1: Oh, okay, perfect. Uh, I I thought it was fun. I thought it was really great. Uh, I liked how it um, evolved over time and you started off small and you working yourself and into the you know you got more workers to be able to place you know on the on the map and you were able to do more things as the game evolved i thought that was really really fun and you know being able to see what everyone does uh, is is interesting and being able to get blocked out of certain things uh where only a certain amount of people can take a specific action and if you need to be able to take that action to either you know, produce your wine or to move your grapes over or to get more storage or, you know, to harvest your, your field, uh, you have to really plan out your different turns based on how many people. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's kind of like four phases of every round and you have a finite amount of, uh, workers to activate the three or four different actions within each phase. And so you really have to, um, um, manage your resources and manage where you're going to put people to get those different actions uh so i thought the theme was really interesting and really well done with it uh i thought the components were nice too and i think that i never thought i'd play like a farming game but you know i ended up playing two (laughs) over the weekend uh and they were really well done and it was a lot of fun and you know for someone that you know likes more of the the space theme stuff i thought this was really great
0: yeah there's a high prevalence of games involving farms in the board game community Uh, so it's not uh, not a surprise uh, when you run into those but yeah you're spot on there are four different seasons Uh, we have the extended board that we use the viticulture essential edition the tuscany essentials and uh, played with the four seasons, played with the extra, the extended map with the extra spots. Uh, it was uh, the mamas and papas. I left some of the buildings and some of the other things that add to it, but there's so much more that you can add into just what we played that just gives the game continued depth and and more aspects to really look at. But at its core, it never gets away from this great action selection worker placement game that you're trying to determine like you said, what am I gonna do now in the spring that's gonna leave me enough good choices come fall as you progress down the season board and uh, the it, it's just a beautiful game like it, it's one I will I will gladly play that anytime somebody wants to get it out. I was thinking about my top 10 like overall favorite games uh, today actually I was thinking about that and th- that's definitely it's definitely in my top five uh all time favorite games it's it's one i've I've always enjoyed, and um when i I highly recommend it, I was really glad I got the chance to introduce it to so many players um you hadn't played it j t hadn't played it uh we sat down and play with john uh from Detroit. he had never played it um Davo, I don't think he had played it jomar I think might have been the only other one at the table who had played it, so yeah. it was it was fun being able to say, Hey, guys, check out' check out these games I love, and you know, I got, like I said, I got three new games to me in this weekend, um, and I wasn't as concerned when it was all said and done, because I got to introduce so many games I really enjoy, whether it was Viticulture, whether it was Orleans, um, whether it was Clank in Space, whether it was Dinosaur Islands. like, we get to play games that I could say, hey, these games are cool, and it's and it's fun being able to introduce those to people.
1: Oh, for sure, <laughs> absolutely, I'm excited to you know, pick up some more of these games and introduce them not only to my wife, but to some of my, my, uh, gaming partners and players here locally.
0: Absolutely. I I'm at that point with, uh, you know, with the collection and and we talked about this, you and I are different spots. I think this would be a great podcast topic in the future as well as, is that progression of, you know, just getting exposed to wanting to own all the things to, realizing what you like to play and then trying to kind of cull your collection to... Some people like to match just what they like. I like to have a collection that has a lot of what I like, but also things I know people want to play. I may not sit down and play a lot of Dixit, but it's in my collection because I know people enjoy playing it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Uh, any other games that really stood out for you?
1: Um, I mean... We've mentioned it three or four times now, but I had still never played Dinosaur Island. I've, I had only played Doulasaur Island, which uh, I think gave me a great introduction to Dinosaur Island. Uh, and so, yeah, I think we broke it out like at one in the morning and yeah, decided it was to, late. To, <laughs> to start playing it. And we did it with, did we do it with six or was it for yeah, five? Or? Um,
0: we did it with the full, um, the full, full, fi- full, five, five. full five count with the, totally liquid expansion with the water dinosaurs with all sorts of extras thrown in.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we have what all 12 dice in there. It was crazy. We had the extra purple die. Uh, we had craziness going on and we did it um, with all the short objectives. So it maybe only lasted, I think five turns, five or six turns. And it was definitely a rushed game because, you know, we, we need, did need to get out of there, but uh, we wanted the experience <laughs> because I think there was four right. of us that still had never played it or three of us. And, uh, so that was, it was really fun. And I think I, I have a good understanding of now how to play the game. It was really interesting. I mean, you can't go wrong with all the the neon and the eighties thing. I know some people don't like that, but I loved it. Uh, I loved all the little dinosaur meeples and, you know, when you do build uh, a certain dinosaur, you really can look through all those meeples and find the one that matches your dinosaur and put it on there. I thought it was fun. I got the big water dinosaur, Uh, that had eight victory points, but no excitement for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it it was fun finally getting that to the board, and I'm really glad that I played Dinosaur Island beforehand because I think that if, you know, going along what you just mentioned, you know, introducing new games to people, I think that Dinosaur Island, uh, along with its long setup, and many many components (laughs) and many things that are on the board to stimulate you visually Uh, i think that duosaur is a great place to start because it doesn't have all the meeples it doesn't have the huge player setup boards uh, but it has almost all of the components of it you're still getting dna you're still building dinosaurs you're getting extra pens you're building um, um, you know amusement centers and, and and you know places to sell things you're doing all of those different things but kind of on the simplified version and so i think it's almost like a gateway game if you will into the larger version or into pl- uh, games that have a little bit more components and a little bit more interaction of things and so um you know i, I did hear someone question at one point you know well what's the point of do the island because you can play two player on dinosaur island yeah, but at that big huge setup time, especially, isn't right for every occasion. So Duosaur may be a better option for you. So if you haven't picked that up, I definitely, you know, would encourage you to pick up duosaur and if you can, definitely try to play dinosaur with a bunch of friends with all the, the long objectives for a good three hour game.
0: Well, and duelosaur is a different game. Like you said, a lot of the mechanics yeah. introduce you to some things, but Dulasaur is is a head to head battle where yeah. Dinosaur Island is a race to see who can meet these objectives the fastest. And so I look at it like from the Seven Wonders and Seven Wonders duel perspective. Like Seven Wonders, seven players on the board, it gets to be quite a lot going on, and you got to pay attention to a lot. When you're playing duel, it's it's a tug of roar. It's a it's a tug of rope, I'm sorry. So you yeah. have this this back and forth nature that I really, really like. And um uh, Dinosaur Island is a, a favorite of mine. I've played it a lot for as long as it takes to set up. I've played that game quite a bit. And uh, I was, again, another one that I was happy to get to the table. We played the quick, the short game. There's short, medium, and long games. I always try and go medium. So I think it provides the perfect like 90-minute give or take game experience. But at the time it was, it was like, we're just going short. I'm just going to short with the mechanics and we're going to make a race to the top. And that's basically what it ended up being. so yeah. I think um, we had
1: you know, four of the six objectives done by the third turn. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: They, 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 they came out very, very quickly, uh, the way we played it out. So it worked, it got, it got got us to where we wanted to go with it. And um, I I do, like I said, I do enjoy the, um, the variant play on that. And I think more than anything, because it does provide an opportunity to teach it um, on the short games. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So Isaac, do you want to talk about the game that we're we're getting uh, some heat for not really enjoying?
0: I mean, you you're getting more heat from it than I am cuz you you enjoyed it less yeah. than I did. I am I'm, I'm yeah. willing to give it a Funk-Houser second. Bowser did call me out today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll I'll let you go and then I'll say my my piece about it. Go, go ahead.
1: Okay, uh so the game we're talking about is Teotihuacan uh, or how Isaac pronounces it. Teo good there you go <laughs> uh so we we got that out. uh we got that out and um gin uh the namesake of the con as the one that taught it to us uh, with jomar jomar was helping him because he had played it more recently uh so we played it with the. Uh, it was four of us that was playing it. same group that played clank in space and i don't know it's just i, I can't really peg what i didn't necessarily enjoy on it and maybe it's because it was the middle of the day and our food was an hour and a half late for being delivered from grubhub or, oh my or gosh. whatever dine dash thing we used uh but it just didn't it didn't feel like it flowed for me it felt uh it felt clunky and i mean i'm probably going to get ripped to shreds by everybody but it just didn't seem like there was a a good flow to the game. I wasn't able to kind of get things moving, and everyone kind of made. Well, one player ran away with it. <laughs> yeah. Anna just kind of and, you know Anna. almost lapped us. It seemed, or was Anna. going to at some point.
0: Uh, and it was but, smoking us.
1: Yeah, for me, it felt like there was almost too much going on, or too many ways to do things, and the iconography was, was difficult to understand. Um, and I know, I mean, I I love. Like role for the galaxy and I know the iconography is really tough to understand on that too, so I, I get that, but maybe we maybe we didn't explore the rulebook book enough before we started playing. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna give it another shot for sure, but it was I was like, eh.
0: <laughs> it so for me, I, I think the, the the external factors, like you said, played a big part. Um mm. the the food issue, the waiting for the food, the driver going the wrong direction with the food. <laughs> Your um, orange
1: chicken being unedible. Oh,
0: so gross. Um, so I think all, all of those things, like you said, play, play a huge part in, in influencing a game. Um, there are, and we were talking about this too, at one point in the evening, there are some games that I have a, a I just don't care for because, and I truly believe because the way I learn them, the time of day, um, the environment around me like, was so bad that it turned me off to the game. Uh, one of those is Blood Rage. Uh, another one is Race for the Galaxy. Um, I'm trying to think. I know there's a couple other. Gene seems to know him because he seems to be involved with all of them. But <laughs> um, the, those two games in particular are games that really like, I've been turned off um, because I, I did not learn them in the best environments, usually way too late at night. And... Um, didn't have a good good experience. Now, the environment surrounding this was tougher. Anna was kicking our butts. It was almost the end of the second round. And I think we all just kind of looked at each other and said, like, do you guys want to keep playing? I felt like I had learned as much of the game as I needed to. I was starting to pick it up pretty well at that point and realized I'm so far behind that I don't think it's going to matter. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I really think that's what it came down to. Like, I sat there and said, "Okay, I'm forty some points behind her at this point. I have no chance of catching up." We were just starting to do our giveaway, which we'll talk about, and we talk about the con. And I just kind of was like mentally done. We had also, I mean, it was probably what eight o'clock at that point. I mean,
1: yeah, we've been gaming for yeah, we've been
0: playing for a while, and you know, it, it so all those things, the fatigue, all those things add up, and like. We know that from playing competitive games, and I mean, yeah, we were playing these things casually, but we know that from from oh, playing yeah. a, in a competitive arena. Like fatigue sets in, and I think that's kind of where we we're all out at, at that point. So it Tayo is a game I want to definitely play again. Um, I'm just honestly, I'm not in a hurry, <laughs> but it's <laughs> but it's but it is one that I, I look forward to um, trying to get to the table again at some point.
1: Yeah, uh, I, like I told. Derek, I said I- I'm gonna give it another shot. Just you know, maybe in a year.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'll probably play it before <laughs> then, but I'll, I'll let I'll let you know how it goes. Um, so speaking of the con setup, I'm mean, gonna kind of paint the picture of how we got here and uh, some of the things that worked, some of the things that um, hopefully we learned and can move forward with for next year. So, Jen uh, and myself and uh, another gentleman named Patrick, kind of where the guys putting together some of the behind-the-scenes details, and we kind of threw this out to a group of gamers. There were a lot of us that used to play Dice Masters and really enjoyed each other's company as much as we enjoyed playing the game. We enjoyed seeing this group of people, and uh, people from the Illinois, Indiana, Ohio area had all gotten close because we saw each other a lot for our can, our individual kind of regional games. And obviously, Stuart goes everywhere for that game so you know, he was <laughs> he was familiar with a lot of people in this area as well so uh, we started talking and it looked like there was some definite interests and it happened to fall over Jin's birthday weekend and so we said let's let's try and get this put together and one of the things we started with was where do we play and we looked at our local game store we looked at some different venues and we ultimately ended up getting a hold of a hotel that was interested in helping us with um, kind of setting a room block aside at a discounted rate for anybody coming from out of the area and so, for the people over at the the Hampton, they were able to take care of us and and get that you kind know, of put together well Now, we found a number of hotels that had conference rooms, but, as we learned very quickly, size does in fact matter when it comes to a conference room uh A lot of places were small uh some were limited in you know not just space but in time. And if you're going to hold it in a hotel, one of the things I would definitely recommend you do is check availability of the room. And there was... A few places that would only allow us to have it for a certain amount of hours during the day. This place allowed us to have access to that room 24-7, pretty much the whole time we were there. Which was great for people that wanted to get in there, and I know there was some early gaming going on. There was some late, late, late evening gaming going on, and the space was always open to us. So that was that was excellent and a great way to kind of get that process going. Uh, the room blocks were important for those traveling from out of area. And one of the things I think we learned as well is that the more people we have that uh, do travel, the more hotels willing to yeah, take care of you with room availability and, and other things. So first and foremost, if you're looking to put a con like this or a, a local gathering type of thing together, make sure you're taking the time to find a space, find out how much it's going to cost and what the availability is going to be. That's got to be where you start is to know what your budget's going to look like from a location perspective. Kind of our next steps from there were getting to the details. Who wanted to come? um, What were they willing to bring? And what do we do on things like food and um, snacks and drinks and that? So we kind of put that together. We got uh, enough of us that were willing to put money on the front end. And we just put out a collection jar. Uh, we basically said, "Hey, this is how much the room rental was. This is how much we spent on food. Please feel free to, you know, combine or I'm sorry. Please feel free to um, contribute as much as you'd like." And the great group of people that we hung out with, we were able to cover everything just fine with a room and and uh, be able to go towards the food as well. So that was that was really good and um, something I was hoping would happen. I was glad to see it happen. When you look at the uh, kind of the perks of playing in a in a hotel setup like this i think the big one was the flexibility of people coming in and out as they please uh, not only do we have people that traveled from the area we also had some local people to the toledo area that are kind of part of my gaming team they were able to come out meet some of my friends and just enjoy some games and that was that was a lot of fun and uh, an awesome time for them to not only be introduced to some of these people i love playing games with but to be able to be introduced to some of these games that I just like to play. So that was a win-win. That flexibility, availability of people coming in was a, a easy way um, for that to happen. Um, I, I think some of the, the challenges we ran into when it came to this was making sure that uh, we had people committing to it. So if you go to put something like this together, I think you always, always, always got to start small. Don't make big promises to hotels on the amount of people you think you're going to have or could have or want to have. Just Put it together, see who comes, see who doesn't come, and, and commits to coming early. And then you can build and grow that as the years go on if you continue to try and do something like that. Another challenge I think we had, and uh, Stuart kind of alluded to this when he talked about uh, dinner, was uh, we play games, you just kind of get in that mode and you forget, oh, I should probably go eat something. And so making sure, uh, you know, we probably could have coordinated up meals and, and done stuff like that a little bit better, which we didn't end up doing as, as a whole of a group, but um, the d- diner, um, diner dash or what was the app called? Yeah. There? I think, I think we ended up using
1: dine dash because we got d- a little discount coupon.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, th- those work well. And I think ideally they should have worked better than they did for us. Um, for you yeah, and Tyler, yeah. they worked great. Right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, but I think that's a great option if you're in this type of setup and you're just looking to, Hey, we got to get a meal, you know, let's, let's just order something, get it in. And I think it's a great way to, um, kind of stay where you're at and, and have that food brought out to you. So, um, what Stuart is, is kind of a guy coming into it. You know, obviously you, you traveled the furthest, you won the farthest traveled award <laughs> uh, for the, for the weekend. Um, what, can, what stood out for you? What was like, and you've been to conventions, you've been to origins. You've, you've seen what big, big conventions look like. Like what, what, what really like was like, Oh, this, this really worked well. Uh, somebody coming into this environment.
1: Uh, for someone that, you know, didn't wasn't able to bring any games, I was just shocked with the amount of games that everyone was able to transfer in. You know, whether it was people that were local in the Toledo area, people driving in from the Michigan area or other places in Ohio. Uh, it was just awesome just to see just mounds of games <laughs> against the wall uh, on tables. Uh, I thought that was just so cool to see. Um, and there were duplicate games, but it didn't really matter, you know, because there was always something to be played. And I thought it was really cool that we had, I think maybe, you know, six or eight different tables set up. And so, you know, there was always room for you to, you know, something big, if you're playing something with six or eight people and that broke down and, or, or when that finished. You know, you could split them up into two groups and play a couple four player games. You know, there was always an opportunity for everybody to play something, no matter the difficulty level or how much space it took. up. Uh, so I thought that was really, really fun.
0: Yeah. And we had some, like you said, some very easy games going. We had some kids games. We had a um, big table, double table pitch car set up for some dexterity games. Like there was... I was so sad I couldn't
1: play that. I didn't get a chance to
0: yeah i mean just i think just about everybody but us was playing that yeah uh, at (laughs) one point uh but that was uh it's just it was cool it's cool to see all the different aspects of like okay what do you want to do how do you want to play and we've got options for you right and that's Mm -hmm. that's always a fun fun way to have like you said so many different things available jason uh one of our local friends i think brought pretty much the entire wall of games that were there, so um <laughs> yeah, good, good majority were his. Yeah. Um, and another positive thing, I think, uh, was the giveaway. You want to talk a little bit about what we did with that?
1: Yeah, uh, so basically uh, if you could, you just donated a game to the giveaways. Uh, so, so some people um, brought a couple games, some people brought one game, and basically I think we all got five tickets uh, for showing up. Uh, and and I will say this, everybody contributed a little bit of money to, you know, um, whether it was for snacks or whether it for drinks or for, to pay for the price of the, of the convention room. So everybody contributed something. But on top of that, so we got five tickets. And then if you won a game uh, that was being played during the course of Friday or Saturday, you got a couple different tickets depending on how long that game took or the complexity of that game. Uh, so sometimes you get one ticket, sometimes you get three or four tickets and we just put that all into a, a basically a, a pile and what well, was probably around like eight or nine o'clock on Saturday, Jim uh, started pulling names out of the hat and, uh, basically whoever got called first had first pick at any of the games that were donated and there had to have been what, 20 games donated. Oh gosh, at least, <laughs> at least if not more. Yeah, at least. Uh, and so they just started calling names and going up there, and so it was just kind of a free for all, uh, and it was great uh, because you know just about everybody walked away with something that was probably that was new to them, and that was really fun. And then we had one special giveaway for uh, Wingspan, I think, right?
0: Yeah, one uh, one particular person there wanted his uh, his game to be special, um, so we can anybody we had- guess who that is? <laughs> so he had a. Whoever scores the most points playing Wingspan over the weekend got to keep it, and it kept going up, and I think Ben from uh, Detroit ended up with like 109 points or something insane for Wingspan. If you've had a chance to play that, that's a lot of points for that game. Um, so he ended up getting the W with that, taking that home. I know he was pretty happy to to snag that one. as a solid game, and um, one, well, I don't think we've talked about it here on the show yet, but definitely wanted to uh to play a great new game from stonemaier uh beautiful Mm. art beautiful work and uh you did not cross your path though did it
1: Uh, i did not it did not Uh, i saw it being played while we were playing vindication but they they finished up before we were done uh so along that lines too i will say you know next time that we do this which i'm sure we'll do next year somewhere someplace uh I think a suggestion would be is to list out some of those games that you know definitely people want to play and set up a very loose schedule and just say, hey, this game, we'll try to start it around this time. So then people can kind of start saying, oh, okay, I've got an hour to kill. Maybe I'll go eat now and then come back so we can start that game. Or, hey, I've got three hours to kill. Now I can bust out something big before I go do that. Uh, so I think that could be interesting. And we could even have a couple of the same games going at
0: the same time yeah and i know we we had talked about that in pre-planning a little bit but the and the tough thing with that is game length like you just don't know yeah. how long yep. people are going to take to play through something and you know like Jin taught us teo when he played it and he pretty much sat there for the first round like probably could have played and sped it up if he had taken one of the four of us who didn't know how to play it spot so i for me personally, I enjoy getting and actually playing a game I don't uh that I'm teaching because I feel like I can um I feel like I can really get in there and teach it a lot easier if I'm the one actually, you know, getting in there playing it, moving it around a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, that's like you said, that, that has potential to be an easy way to um an easy way to allow you know a i really want to play this so how do i make sure that this game gets played type of mentality with it yeah um so what uh when we look at planning these kind of things and and putting something like this together uh for friends for family i think like i said it's important that you start small with this type of event that you don't try and over plan it they don't say oh I'm gonna bring in special artists and guests and speakers and you know you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to go big with this stuff you know every every big convention started small somewhere and I think it's key that you take the time to make sure you do something like this right and uh, we enjoyed it uh, everybody that went I think had a great time I don't think anybody left feeling like they wasted their time or you know didn't enjoy what was going on so uh, my hope is that as we plan these kind of things in the future, and we did have a lot of people that were able to bring friends, not only just locally, but some that drove in with them that, you know, could say, Oh, this was a lot of fun. This is something I definitely want to do again sometime in the future.
1: Yeah. Definitely invite people that maybe aren't a part of your, your ongoing game group, whether they're friends or acquaintances or, or people that maybe have once expressed an interest in playing a game, but they never have bring them all over because yeah, it could be intimidating because there's so much going on, but it will allow them maybe to hide in the corner and just, you can play something light and they can get acclimated into (laughs) the craziness that is.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to do it. So that was our Gen Con 2019 experience. You can search for our hashtag Gen Con 2019 um, threads and pictures out there. We posted some stuff. I'm going to try and get a few more things posted up as well and, and like I said, if you if you're lucky enough to have a local gaming group, that's great. And if not, um, find them. And I think, I think that's definitely a podcast topic for us in the future. Uh, Stuart is going to be moving into um, a new area where he, you're going to be on the search yourself, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be on the search. And I mean, fortunate for, for me, uh, a lot of the people that. Um, there was a local game night once a month in my area, but a lot of those people are part of something um, which I'm not familiar with yet. Um, but I'm going; I want to be. It's called Dallas Game Marathon, and it's actually a storefront that's open on Thursday nights and then one week in a month. And on the weekend, it's basically open for 72 hours straight. And on the week on Thursdays, it's like six to midnight. Um, and you pay membership to be a part of it. They've got a huge um, inventory and library of games, or or you can just bring a game and play. Uh, they've got snacks and refrigerators and whatnot. It's just a place that you can go and basically do what we just did <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> at a hotel. Uh, so I'm really interested in getting involved with that group and meeting some new people. And Yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, that's where we're at for This week's episode, episode 13, uh, we want to encourage you to check out our website over at www.gamingwithsidekicks.com. And make sure you're following us on all of our different social media channels on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, as we try and put up posts, like we said, of a fun weekend like this and different things we get a chance to play and and try out. So uh, we want to follow you as well make sure you share your stories your pictures your comments on our um, web pages on our posts our stories and if you have questions comments topics you'd like to see brought up in the future on our podcast please shoot us an email you can reach us at Stuart s-t-u-a-r-t or isaac i-s-a-a-c at gamingwithsidekicks.com Uh, So from all of us here at the Gaming with Sidekicks team, myself, Stuart, JT, and Randy, we want to thank you for joining us for this podcast. Stuart, thank you for staying up till all hours of the night to play games, record podcasts, and do all the things.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: (laughs) Indeed. So we want to encourage you to keep getting out there, playing those games you like with the people you love. And until next time, folks, keep rolling those dice, flipping those cards, playing those games, and we will see you next time. Almost made it an hour. That's so close. Yep. Yeah. 59.15. I got to edit we should it go
1: banter and crunch crunch a little bit here to, to no, get I'm, to the hour. No,
0: I'm not going to do it.
1: Oh, yeah. But other people are listening, so you're nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Indeed, sir.
1: <laughs> oh, it's such a meanie when you're alone.
0: <laughs> That's true. It's very true.